2: now
4: Good afternoon, everyone. And of course, welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're making your way over here from Badlands Media or 412 Productions, glad to have you. If this is the first show you're watching because you're just getting out of work, well, I aim to give you as much information as I possibly can in about an hour and a half. Might go as long as two hours, depending on how much news there is. But lots happening in the world. Joe Biden having a pretty bad week. We're talking about, of course, the impeachment. We're talking about Kevin McCarthy maybe losing his spot. I've got an interesting new tool from my friends at Marco Polo that I wanted to bring you. And, of course, Hunter Biden's indictments on federal gun charges should make for some pretty interesting stuff over the next couple of months. Of course, we have so much more to go over. So if you wouldn't mind, please consider hitting that like button. Also, if you wouldn't mind, make sure you hit the share and let people know that you are watching red pill news live sincerely appreciate everybody who has done so esther i don't know if you're here if you are i hope you're doing much better yesterday i got your card and read it on the air so sit back relax grab your popcorn we'll be right back chances are pretty good that if you can hear my voice right now You are probably feeling uncertain about your finances, and that is not a good feeling. But the thing is, you're not alone. I think a lot of us are. And this is one of the reasons why Noble Gold Investments is here to help. You can hear it from people who watch this program, people that they've already helped get their finances in shape. Saying things like the Noble Gold crew walked me through everything. There was no stress. Or with their help, I can finally sleep easy at night. And now this month, Noble Gold Investments is handing out these free 5-ounce solid silver America the Beautiful coins with every qualifying IRA. Right now, you can invest in gold and silver with Noble Gold Investments by visiting their link at my special website. It's called redpill78gold.com. The link is in the description of this video. Just click it, redpill78gold.com. It'll take you straight to Noble Gold Investments because they're the only gold company I trust. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Welcome back, guys. Give me just a second. I'm sending a smarmy text to somebody who's asking me if I want to thank Congress for supporting our economy. Here's my answer. Not sure how they're supporting our economy while sending 100 plus billion dollars to Ukraine. Yes, that's that should be an interesting reply right there. All right, guys. Thank you for being here. As I said in the introduction, we have a lot to discuss. Uh, I I thank you to those of you who are over there at Pilled.net, our friends on the Foxhole, and then, of course, everybody who's hanging out with us over there on Rumble. We're also live on Getter, but for some reason, most people don't chat on Getter, and I don't know why that is, but either way, I'm glad you're here hanging out with us. So let's really begin today with a conversation about... Joe Biden, and his impeachment, which seems to be creeping up on him. Now, it was only a matter of time before the mainstream media or members of the White House press corps began to press Joe Biden on the announcement that Kevin McCarthy made this week. Uh, So, he did have a typical Biden blank moment when asked about it. There's really not much he can say other than try to uh, diffuse the situation or project about perhaps the crimes of Trump, the alleged crimes of Trump, because, of course, he didn't actually commit any crimes, certainly uh, not in the way that Joe Biden has with his 50 years plus in Washington, D.C., so, when asked about this looming impeachment, he refused to answer. In fact, uh, he had no comment at all. He just stared blankly into the distance, almost as if no one had said anything at all. Uh, this was the first time he was asked about this House impeachment inquiry uh, for, let me tell you, these specific items, abuse of power, obstruction, and corruption. It sounds like the perfect... Summ- summation of words that you would want to attribute to Joe Biden's career in Washington, D.C. So this actually occurred during a meeting with his cancer cabinet. If you'll remember, Joe Biden announced early on in his uh, residency that we were going to get rid of cancer altogether. Uh, you know, sounds uh, like a great idea, but uh, something tells me that the Biden regime is not going to do that at all. So he refused to answer when he was questioned about this inquiry. He stared blankly. He licked his lips. He rubbed his hands together. And then he leaned over to his handler, which was, of course, the illustrious Dr. Jill Biden. Let's go ahead and take a look at the video. And you guys can tell me what you see here. But I think that his silence speaks volumes
5: Mr. President, <pouches> you want response to the in the to The sound Thank you very much. Everyone please
1: move
4: out the doors. Let them begin the meeting. Thank you.
2: Good work. Thank you. Thank you so much.
4: The floor is what you're seeing here is a man whose days are numbered. You know, Adele and I were having a conversation. Uh, In the last hour on Taking It Back, which I am a co-host on every Thursday at 4 p.m., we were discussing the need these people like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or Dianne Feinstein have uh, to be loved, adored, and needed by anybody, by people in their constituency, uh, the cult of personality that develops around people in Washington, D.C. Joe Biden knows I believe he fully understands the hatred that the American people now have for him. Now, uh, I, I truly believe that the exercise that we've been living through was designed to wake up the country and show them the inherent broken and corrupt nature of the American establishment. And the only way I think we could successfully do this uh, was by putting someone like Joe Biden into the White House so that the American people could literally watch him crumble and wither before our very eyes. You know, this man is not in full control of his faculties. Uh, he is looking out at this White House press corps, hearing every single one of these questions shouted out to him. Uh, and he has absolutely nothing to say, because there is no defensible position that he has. Every single thing that this man says is a lie. Or it's a a, a direct provocation uh, attempting to obfuscate the situation. He can project, his crimes onto other people. He can say over and over again about how much he misses his dead son, but that means absolutely nothing when it's coming from the man who has proven time and time again that his number one skill is the corruption and usury of Washington, D.C. He knows how to play the game. He knows how to use people in transactional relationships. And once Joe Biden has nothing left, he will be cast aside in the dustbin of history. His legacy will be the destruction of the United States of America. And I believe that knowledge has begun to sunk in to sink in rather so. The people around him, take a look at the faces of the people on this committee. They all look like deers caught in headlights. You guys ever hit a deer going 75 miles an hour when it stares at you and it knows that it's going to die? All of these people here, especially (laughs) this one over here, I don't even know. Okay, I think it's a woman, Um, but uh, just absolutely in shock because it's near total hatred and uh, derision coming from the press corps. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Watching Joe Biden with absolutely nothing to say. So we've got these pieces of evidence for the Republicans and the Democrats out there who would claim that there is no evidence of corruption on behalf of Joe Biden. Well, House investigators throughout the last eight months found that Joe Biden certainly— without any sort of uh, confusion, lied about his involvement in the family business. The family business existed simply because of Joe Biden's presence in Washington, D.C. If it wasn't for his political connections, the Biden family would produce nothing. They would get paid for nothing because they are nothing without the connections they've made. Number two, Bank records. We have bank records that show a specific number of payments that were directed to Biden family members through a variety of shell companies. I joked around yesterday and asked the audience, how many shell companies do you own? Well, I think for the for most of you, the answer would be zero. All right. I mean, shell companies exist for a purpose. But when you're a politician in Washington, D.C., getting payoffs from oligarchs in Eastern European nations, they only exist for one reason, and that's so that you can cover up the payments that you're receiving to give certain aspects of uh, the nation's foreign policy over to these oligarchs. We also have an FBI informant that alleges Joe Biden was bribed by a Ukrainian energy executive, and the bank records show that that was true. We also know that the FBI and the federal government were aware of these claims coming from an authoritative source before Joe Biden was even president. And then, of course, we have the special treatment that's been afforded to Hunter Biden uh, during the time that he's been investigated by the Department of Justice into his taxes and, of into the uh, crimes that he committed with guns. Joe Biden is covering up for his son because he knows that if he doesn't, Hunter Biden would be looking at serious prison time. We are living in a society where these people, the American oligarchy, protect each other. The reason we have two justice departments is because of them. We have one system of justice for us and another system of justice for them. If Hunter Biden was any other schlub in America, rank and file individual in any town USA, he would be looking at having the full arm of the law laid upon him. Now, One question that I think a lot of people have is about Kevin McCarthy. I've been very honest about Kevin McCarthy when when he came into the speaker position because it was clear that President Trump wanted him to be in that position. I said, we have to give it time. We have to allow Kevin McCarthy to do whatever it is that President Trump wants him to do. And it was either that Kevin McCarthy was going to be the best man for the job. He was going to do everything that we needed with the powers that were inherent in our majority majority in the House of Representatives or Kevin McCarthy was going to expose the uniparty apparatus as a, uh, uh, a as just a cog in the machine and I tend to think that's what he's done because we're 8 months in and the moves that Kevin McCarthy could have made he simply didn't he announced this impeachment inquiry uh, at a particular time. Uh, we were talking uh, on the last show about uh, the specific timing of this. It seems like there's been a lull in the indictments uh, that they've been throwing at President Trump. Uh, it's possible that they simply have no more ammunition there. And so by timing the impeachment now, it allows the American attention to be focused squarely on that. But beyond the impeachment, there are other things that Kevin McCarthy could have done, like stopping the unrestrained spending uh, that uh, Joe Biden was asking for. So either he is benefiting from it or he was simply allowing Joe Biden to destroy the country so that the people of this nation would turn on him and galvanize behind Trump. Either way, I think that we achieve the same thing. Uh, so Kevin McCarthy's presence in the House of Representatives as the Speaker of the House uh, has given us what we needed to take down the Biden regime, uh, even if it didn't happen in the way that perhaps I would have liked. Uh, and just because you become Speaker of the House doesn't mean that you have to stay Speaker of the House. One of the very important tenets of his election was this motion to vacate the chair. All that needs be done. Is one member of the House of Representatives call for a vote of no confidence? And if the majority of the House of Representatives uh, uh, feel that Kevin McCarthy is not living up to his abilities, then uh, they can get a new Speaker of the House in and they'll go through the whole process all over again. So. Uh, If you'll remember, during the election of uh, Kevin McCarthy, the the 17 or so votes that they had to take to get him there, uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, was uh, primarily going up against Matt Gaetz. Matt Gaetz was that lone holdout, and he's the one who said that, hey, Kevin McCarthy, if you don't follow through on the agreement that we made, then we're going to file the motion. Kevin McCarthy has responded. He said, file the effing motion. If you want to file the motion, file the Effing motion. Now he didn't just say this to Matt Gates; he said it to a room of GOP colleagues, uh, presumably people who would have the ability to do this. Uh, it would be very interesting if more than simply Matt Gates came forward and asked for the vacation of the chair. Uh, but either way, I think that Gates was right on when he said that Kevin McCarthy has not done. What needed to be done, uh, I think that uh, there were many other tools that could have been put into play, which could have shown just how corrupt uh, and uh, and how broken this government is. Um, at the end of the day, I- I'm leaning towards the idea that Kevin McCarthy was a deep state stooge. He was always a deep state stooge, and President Trump knew that when he got the Speaker of the House position, he was never going to act as tough or as uh, as, uh, as 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 Oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? He was never going to be as ruthless as the Democrats because the Democrats have shown us time and time again that they are willing to use whatever power they have at their control. Unfortunately, the Republicans in Congress seem to be just ineffectual. Uh, They don't do what needs to be done. And uh, I think that in a Trump 2.0 administration, that's not the type of behavior that we're going to see. President Trump has said over and over again that they've opened a Pandora's box. They brought two... uh, Uh, completely illegitimate impeachments against President Trump for things that were not high crimes and misdemeanors. They tried twice. They failed twice. They effed around. They're going to find out. And now we're going to have this impeachment against Joe Biden. I, I don't think that he's going to be removed from office, but America is going to pay attention to all of these crimes that have been alleged against him. So that, my friends, I think is going to be a good thing. Now, I wanted to show you this new tool that's being put together by my friends at Marco Polo. Uh, so th- essentially, they are putting together uh, a tool that you can use uh, to uh, uh, check out individual information about a variety of people that are in the orbit of the uh, the first family, Hunter Biden, uh, his son, and all of that. So they say the news this summer surrounding the U.S. resident and his family has been dominated by the testimony and exhibits produced by Gary Shapley. That is the whistleblower from the IRS. Shapley was one of the lead agents on the Sportsman investigation, a codename which the FBI created for the federal inquiry into the U.S. resident's degenerate and corrupt son. So Marco Polo is taking the final clause of the First Amendment more seriously than perhaps any group in America. It is essential we petition our government for a redress of grievances and to properly do that, you need to know not only the names, but also the faces, the backgrounds, the biases, et cetera, of all of the feds that are involved. And to that end, we present below our first rundown of who precisely at the IRS was involved in this total fiasco and miscarriage of justice. And if we take a look at the PDF document itself, you can see over here on the right, we have the two IRS whistleblowers. We have uh, Gary Allen Shapley. And then, of course, uh, Special Agent Joe Anthony Ziegler. Uh, and then, as we look across here, uh, you have a detailed breakdown of every agent that was involved during the course of this investigation. Uh, this is, I think, a highly valuable tool uh, and it gives us the ability to put these people on notice in a slightly different way. Penny Rootbrod, good to see you. She says, Pen- Nurse Penny here, I think the Lord you're working for is pussy. Trump wasn't Much of a pussy, Kevin, which Kevin would turn out to be. Yes, Kevin certainly has seemed to uh, turn out to be a pussy. I think you're right there. Uh, True grit says, "Do you still keep in touch with Jack Maxey? He doesn't have anything nice to say about Garrett or Trump, for that fact. I haven't talked to Jack in uh, quite some time, uh, and even if I did, his opinion of Garrett or Trump really wouldn't have any bearing on um, you know my behavior." There are a lot of people out there uh, who feel uh, a, a whole host of different ways about different things, and it really doesn't bother me uh, because that's their right. We live in America, and people uh, should have a diversity of thought. It's unfortunate if uh, he has turned on President Trump and you know, doesn't feel good about him, but I, I tend to believe that the argument between him and Garrett Ziegler comes down more to professional rivalry shall we say uh so i would have a, a, a friendly conversation with jack if he wanted to if he wants to come back on the show i'd love to speak to him i thought he was a fascinating person to talk to obviously he has had uh, uh many interesting and uh, and varied experiences during his time in public life uh, both uh, in front of and behind the camera um but uh from where, from where I sit, uh, I am looking for value that can be presented uh, by anybody out there. Uh, Jack did great work with the laptop. Uh, Garrett did different great work with the laptop. Uh, so I urge you to subscribe to Marco Polo USA on Substack because as they produce these PDF documents, which can be easily downloaded and shared, of all of the agents that are involved in these various investigations, it's going to allow us to put a face on these names and not only that but tell us just a little bit more information about their background let's go ahead and take a look uh if we take a look at the director of field operations for the irs's ci's washington dc field office michael thomas batdorf he was born February 28th, 1978. We have his email address, michael.batdorf at ci.irs.gov. We have the name of his wife. Uh, we also have his, his home location, not the full address, but he lives in McLean, Virginia. Uh, so we have a couple of key statements from uh, Shapley and Ziegler, both the IRS whistleblowers, Shapley uh, says in a briefing that I requested to make to Director of Field Operations Batdorf and Sack Walden on March second, twenty twenty one, investigators mentioned the possibility of blowing the whistle on how the DOJ was handling this case. My special agent in charge disengaged and was minimally involved moving forward. Uh, and then Ziegler says, not only was I having issues with the prosecutors on the case, but then I had issues internally within the IRS. And I had to go around my senior leadership to my director of field operations. So that's the fourth person above me. He, Batdorf, told me on this case, it's the director of field operations. His name is Mike Batdorf. That I can come to at any time and with any issues that I'm having. So the point here being uh, is that evil men are allowed to do evil things to misuse our system uh, because those around them are loath to say something. They're loath to do something about it. Gary Shapley and uh, and Ziegler should be nothing special, okay? Good people should step forward to expose evil and criminal behaviors every single day. But unfortunately, that just doesn't happen. So I think that holding these people accountable is something that we all need to be focused on. I have consistently asked you to contact uh, your elected representatives or uh, the, uh, the, the people who LARP as our elected representatives. Uh, and it shouldn't stop there. People like these agents are public servants. They're employed by we the people. Their job only exists because we have deemed it necessary. Now, they have proven time and time again that their jobs are wholly unnecessary. They exist for one purpose and one purpose only all too often, and that's to cover up for the crimes of the D.C. elites, the American oligarchs. And I think it's time that uh, we do away with that. Part of this awakening process is to bring that information to the forefront and have all of us take action to hold them accountable. So check that out and uh, – Well, Denise, uh, they just because they don't listen the first time doesn't mean that they're not going to listen when a vast number of people come forward and demand that we have action taken. Uh, And, you know, I have, have you ever have you ever tried for something in your life, something that you really wanted? Maybe you liked a girl. Maybe you liked a guy and you were getting to know them and you asked them, you know, go to the movies with me. And the first time they said no, okay? And so you just continue on getting to know them, uh, and uh, you ask again, and they say no. But then you ask the third time, and they say yes. And then 20 years later, you're married. You've got a family, okay? Uh, Maybe you tried for a job, and you interviewed for the position, and you were unsuccessful. Uh, But you went ahead and uh, went back to uh, the drawing board, and then— Interviewed for the job again, only that time you actually got it. Uh, Maybe you've tried to communicate with somebody in your life that you love and uh, that you can see is hurting themselves. And you go to them and they tell you that I don't want help. I'm not interested. And so there you go. You walk away. But then later on, you come back and finally they're ready. These are all very simplistic examples of overcoming adversity. Because somebody doesn't listen to you, it's not a good enough reason to just allow them to continue to not listen to you. The only way that anybody is going to uh, admit that this system is broken is if the people of this country bring it to their attention. Because corruption will exist in a vacuum unless the people of America call it out for what it is. So you have a job, and that is to make these people's lives unlivable when it comes to these things people cannot simply be comfortable in their corruption if they're going to engage in illegal activity if they're going to engage in cover-ups for the son of the resident if they're going to allow people to break the law but not allow other people to break the law we have to make it known that we're wise to exactly what's happening now it's interesting that i got uh, this this uh, uh new tool from Marco Polo earlier today because Hunter Biden actually sued Garrett Ziegler in court and Marco Polo yesterday. Now, Take a look at the timing of this. We have the announcement of the impeachment inquiry. And then the next day, Hunter Biden files suit uh, for the Hunter Biden laptop, calling into question the entirety of its contents. Uh, so Hunter Biden filed this suit against Garrett Ziegler, who you may know was a former Trump aide uh, for his release of the laptop from hell. It's kind of interesting, too, because other people have released the laptop from hell. But I would say that Garrett Ziegler has been probably the most effective in getting the information out to the American public because he's focused so heavily on disseminating all of it uh, in a way that other people haven't. I think that it's, um, you know, one thing that that Jack didn't do was put it all out there. You know, it's like he was releasing it on his own schedule. You know, I've shown you the tool before. You you can go to Marco Polo's website and you can pull up everything from the Hunter Biden laptop. You can search through all the emails. You can even look at the the pictures. You know, you can I've got two copies of the Hunter Biden emails in a a, a thick, thick book. It's like the size of a phone book. So the information is out there. Garrett Ziegler's done a great job. So this lawsuit has been filed in the Central District of California, uh, and, uh, and it came less than 24 hours after McCarthy announced that they were going to be opening this impeachment inquiry. So it accuses Garrett of violating California and federal computer privacy laws. And remember, going back to the very beginning, they claimed that this was hacked materials. Uh, But he posted all of this content from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop there was never a hack involved. It was freely given information because Hunter Biden neglected to come back and pick this up. Why? Because he was in the midst of a major crack binge. Hunter Biden was more focused on sleeping with prostitutes and smoking rocks of crack cocaine in his hotel suite at the Standard in California uh, that he just simply couldn't be bothered to come pick up that laptop. And if he would have bothered to read the contract that he signed when he dropped off the laptop, then he might have realized the danger that he was putting himself and his family in. Of course, there's always the possibility that Hunter went and dropped this off on purpose, abandoned it because he knew that somebody would find it. He didn't want his father to enter the uh, presidential race. Uh, And uh, maybe this lawsuit is simply a formality. But either way, It claims that the data on that laptop has been manipulated both before and after Garrett Ziegler obtained it. So he would have us believe that by the time Garrett Ziegler got it, the data had been corrupted uh, to such a degree that the information on it can't be trusted. However, we know that that's not really the way that it works. So uh, Garrett Ziegler, in response, laughed about the allegations uh, when he made a statement to Politico earlier today. He said, I, nor the nonprofit Marco Polo, have been served with any lawsuit. So Garrett Ziegler and Marco Polo have not even gotten notice about the lawsuit. Politico knew about it before Garrett Ziegler even knew about it. So that tells me that this was an orchestrated uh, release of the information. Uh, Hunter Biden's team probably called Politico and said, hey, you're going to want to get a jump on this uh, and make sure you get a statement from from Garrett Ziegler. He says, but the one I read this morning out of the Central District of California should embarrass Winston and Strawn LLP. It's not worth the paper it's written on. Apart from the numerous state and federal laws and regulations which protect authors like me and the publishing that Marco Polo does, it's not lost on us that Joe's son filed this slap one day after an impeachment inquiry into his father was announced. So I think this is really desperate, to be quite honest with you. I think that the Biden regime is grasping at straws. Uh, they are, of course, going to try to protect themselves in any way that they can. Uh, but their backs are essentially against a corner at this point. The information is out there. It has already been admitted to be Totally legitimate uh, by even sources that were previously co- totally deferential to the Bidens and, uh, and and their criminal enterprise. Now places like the New York Times and the Washington Post—they've all admitted that the laptop is real, and now they've admitted that Joe and Hunter had business. Relationships and conversations. Uh, and, uh, once we get to the actual specifics of the money transferring and, of course, the influence peddling, it's going to be very, very damaging. I think that Joe has some level of support from people in the nation who simply just cannot accept that Donald Trump did a great job. Uh, And uh, and those people are going to very slowly and methodically have their minds changed uh, by the confrontation of the evidence. So we need to take a break for the second half of the show. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. Bitcoin ETF is all the rage right now, and that's because a major financial player is just now resubmitting their application for a Bitcoin ETF. So as a result, investors are thinking this is just over the horizon. Mainstream adoption is right around the corner. Now, add to that, lawmakers recently voted to set guidelines on just when and how crypto firms should register with either the Commodities Futures Trading Commission or the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, while all of this is good news, an ETF only gives you Exposure to crypto, not direct ownership. The whole point of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is to directly own an asset with a finite supply that is outside of any government influence. And my digital money. Can help you do that. With My Digital Money, you own your crypto, whether you invest in a crypto IRA or with a standard trading account. Now, remember, it's important to diversify your portfolio. And when it comes to a crypto investment, direct ownership is of the utmost importance. So don't get caught up in the excitement the media is trying to spin because nothing beats owning your own crypto and nothing beats investing in crypto through My Digital Money. Not only are you able to invest with them using a crypto IRA, but also a standard trading account, and it's all in the same platform. You also have the assurance that your assets are going to be put into a trust. That means that no matter what happens to my digital money, your crypto is always safe. So if you're ready to invest in cryptocurrency, do so with mydigitalmoney.com. Once again, that's mydigitalmoney.com. The link is in the description box below. And I should also tell you they have excellent US based customer service, so feel free to give them a call with any questions you might have at 833 623. Three six two zero zero eight. Invest with mydigital money.com today, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. Just want to give a shout out to Truth Warrior Erica Freedom in the chat. She said she just had a debate with somebody about the Hunter Biden laptop. They believe it's fake. It seems totally implausible that anyone at this point could still be hanging on to that tired narrative, despite the fact that their favorite left-wing rags like the New York Times or the Washington Post or even Politico have come out to say that the laptop itself is legitimate, that the information presented in it uh, shows a very disgusting and detailed story about a twisted relationship between a criminal patriarch and his disturbed family. Family members uh, And so much more will come out. Erica, I certainly hope that the person you are having that conversation with is going to be willing to actually take a look at the upcoming impeachment and the evidence that will be presented there. It's so funny how the left consistently says, well, there's no evidence of like there's no evidence of election fraud. There's no evidence of widespread malfeasance. There's no evidence of corruption. There's no evidence until we say there's evidence. Well, guess what? In a court of law, in the impeachment, we'll be able to present that evidence in the same way Donald Trump will be able to present evidence in the variety of cases that he's currently facing. Now, Hunter Biden will also have the opportunity to present evidence. The only problem is he's already admitted to having broken the law. It's interesting. President Trump made the observation on Truth Social that this gun crime, this federal gun crime that Hunter Biden was just recharged with three charges by special counsel David Weiss. This is the only crime that Hunter Biden has committed that isn't directly connected to his father, to Joseph Robinette Biden. But in this instance, he has already admitted fault. So a grand jury under special counsel Weiss has now delivered this indictment against Hunter Biden, uh, and it was uh, probably... Bound to happen one way or the other. You know, Hunter Biden has got to face some criminal retribution. He has uh, flaunted the law throughout the entirety of his life, whether uh, he was doing cocaine when he was supposed to be in the uh, in in the uh, National Guard or maybe he was in the the Naval Guard or something like that. I don't exactly remember. Or, or whether he was smoking crack with Mary and Barry, or whether he was taking payoffs from Ukrainian oligarchs or Kazakh oligarchs or Mexican oligarchs or, or uh, you know a whole host of different oligarchs from all over the world. But David Weiss had to bring a charge against Hunter Biden, and this could potentially open the door to more stuff. Uh, I'm not saying that David Weiss is uh, the great white hope that uh, he's going to do exactly what He needs to or that we even want him to do. But I am given a little bit of hope by the fact that David had previously made comments in private that he was not being given the autonomy that he need, uh, that he had some desire to do the right thing. Um, It's very possible that David Weiss is going to just cover everything up uh, to the degree that he can. Uh, But it's also possible that he might surprise everyone and do the right thing. It's just another thing that's going to have to play out. So two things here, I see. Uh, either David Weiss does uh, fully force Hunter Biden to to face the uh, the reality of his actions, which means that you know maybe he, he gets probation, three years probation. He's got a fifty thousand dollar fine. He's no longer able to hold uh, a firearm. Uh, maybe they take away his right to vote because this is a felony. Uh, but. If they don't do that, then the American people have another laser focus on the dual and unfair justice system that we have here in the United States of America. Now, remember also, David Weiss uh, did he. the, the plea deal that Hunter had, it totally fell apart. We don't really know if that was uh, Weiss that did that or if it was simply the judge. But I think that what David Weiss attempted to do uh, was show the judge what he was being forced to do. So now as special counsel, he's able to do whatever he wants. The real test of his mettle is going to come uh, when we determine whether or not David Weiss will bring other charges against Hunter Biden, because now that he's a special counsel, he has that autonomy to go to other jurisdictions. He didn't have that when he was simply a prosecutor from Delaware. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, Now, also... Nancy Pelosi uh, was out there giving an interview on CNN and she intimated that Joe Biden is going to continue running for president. I was also having a conversation with Adel about this earlier. I don't think the Democrats have any choice. They have backed themselves into a corner as far as Joe Biden is concerned. They put all of their eggs into one basket and by doing so, they have helped us in red-pilling so many people across this great nation. Uh, But they've also deprived themselves of any real candidates, uh, anybody who could even potentially come close to challenging Donald Trump. Uh, So let's go ahead and take a look at Nancy Pelosi's comments on this subject.
6: Set of responsibilities. And of course, my domestic ones. I say to the members, whatever honors you may have given me to be speaker, leader, whip, whatever, there's no honor greater to me than to walk on that floor and think that I am sent there by the people of san francisco to speak
4: okay so she's going to be running for office again uh i think that the best thing that could happen to nancy pelosi is that she gets primaried let's see if that happens but this goes back to my statements earlier about ego and hubris these people have nothing to define themselves unless it's through this uh this corrupt world that they live in in washington dc
6: for them so that was my central point in addition to that, I have some political responsibilities. I am determined that we will win the House, President Biden will win the White House, and that we will increase if our numbers in the If the former president wasn't
5: seeking re-election, do you think you would have been as determined to
2: seek re-election?
6: Well, I don't even know who they're going to nominate. Do you think they'll nominate a twice-impeached, once-defeated and multi-indicted person to be president of the United States? Yes. Do you
5: believe he will actually? any of these cases will actually be adjudicated before? I have no idea.
6: I know nothing, I keep my distance from the courts and what, what they're doing there, um. or even ask the question.
4: There's obviously she's lying. She's lying. I mean, of of course, they are so deeply invested in the destruction of Donald Trump. They know everything that's coming down the pipeline. Washington, D.C. is about relationships. It's not just relationships with legislators. It's relationships with lobbyists, relationships with banks, relationships with judges and prosecutors. These people are incestuous. There's no one else. Besides Joe Biden, and there's no one else besides Donald Trump. Yes, doesn't matter how many times he's been indicted. Doesn't matter how many fake impeachments they've thrown at him. He is the way forward for America, because as far as I'm concerned, he's the only politician that I can look at and say is an honest man. Now, this is a story I've been trying to talk about for the last several days. It's a pretty funny one.
2: Order now.
1: fighterflare.com
4: There is a woman running for the state house of uh, Virginia, uh, and it turns out she's an amateur porn star. She has a screen name, Hot Wife Experience, and she and her husband were using a platform called Chatterbait. Apparently, Chatterbait is a place where you can live stream your sexual sexcapades, people can watch, and they can pay money to do things. Now, she, since this came out, she is claiming that she only did it to raise money for like a charity or something. OK, well, I don't believe that. And I tend to think that this points to the loose morals of the people who identify as Democrats. Not only did she like have a career. I think she was a nurse or something like that. She's married. Uh, she also has two kids. All right. You know, I, 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 I really honestly feel. That if you're out there doing pornography, which you shouldn't be doing anyways because it's not good for you. But if you're out there doing pornography, please don't have kids because that child at some point is going to walk into the schoolyard and somebody's going to show them on their phone their mom engaging in some explicit sex act. Thank you very much to Ainsley and to Missy for joining as members over there on Rumble. I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, she is gross and she's refusing to drop out. Uh she's running for the Virginia House of Delegates. Uh and you know, if, if you want to, you can go and find this stuff out there on the internet. Uh there's also uh the question of the, uh, the 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 exact nature of the acts. Apparently she offered to pee on demand for money. Uh but she's a 40-year-old mother of two running for the 57th district in suburban Richmond and the Washington Post Reported on the archived videos of she and her husband's pornographic content, uh, which is apparently from September of 2022. This is after, after I, <laughs> after she had already joined the race. So she was an active political candidate and she and her husband decided to live stream sex acts to anybody, anywhere in the world. Um, more than anything, I think that this shows a tremendous lack of forethought. Uh this is a bad bad decision uh and uh I just I just can't believe that anybody would stand behind this woman. Uh, obviously on the left I can see how they're doing it. I mean they have over the course of the last few years, they have really glamorized the idea of sex work, you know, like OnlyFans and women being escorts and, and engaging in this type of like, like sugar baby type behavior, like, you know, people just using people for sex and getting paid for it. It's really unhealthy. It's bad for America. And, uh, I, I hope that people in her district in Richmond do not elect her. Uh, now also, it, it looks like Twitter may be removing Stories about this from their platform, uh, which, of course, is troublesome because Elon Musk had alleged that this was going to be a free speech site. I would, however, like to remind people that uh, Elon Musk is not the one who's sitting behind the computer and deleting tweets or um, specifically censoring different things. Uh, Unfortunately, Elon still has a lot of people who work for him at Twitter. It's very likely that there could be, I don't know, sex pests uh, who are supporters of this woman, and uh, maybe they watch her content. I I don't know. Uh, But also, there are certainly leftists who work at Twitter who want to ensure that this type of, um, I don't know, gutter trash uh, are are able to rise to the occasion and uh, perhaps get elected. It's so funny. You know, I mean, just imagine – President Trump, in a private moment, was recorded saying, you grab him by the pussy. Uh, and, uh, and they made a spectacle out of that. This woman had the most intimate of intimacies with her husband on a live stream to thousands of people, no doubt. And, uh, and they want her to be an elected official. Well, man, that is the modern day left for you. <clears throat> All right. Another story that exemplifies the modern day left. It's about Jeffrey Epstein. So, as you may remember, I've been speaking for the last couple of months about the current ongoing case with uh, Jeffrey Epstein's private banker, Jess Staley. Uh, Looks like he and his legal team have just won the right to question one of the Jane Doe's in this lawsuit against J.P. Morgan. This would be the Jane Doe who claims that Jess Staley had actually raped her in Jeffrey Epstein's house. This is not to be confused with The little with the woman with Down syndrome uh, that was alleging that Leon Black had raped her in one of Jeffrey Epstein's homes. Both of them, I I believe, were in his New York City brownstone. So we've got a, a string of lawsuits that are connected in one way or another, all in federal court in New York. And it all deals with the relationship between Jeffrey Epstein, the late Murdered or in hiding sex trafficker, and of course, JP. Morgan Chase, the largest bank in America. now, rather than have this all drawn out in disgusting fashion for the media and for the public to pour through, they decided to settle. A two hundred and ninety million dollar settlement with a Epstein victim. The she is only known as Jane Doe in court records, but they're still fighting a similar suit that's been brought by the government of the Virgin Islands. They have chosen not to settle. I love it. Absolutely love it. So Jeff Staley is one of the subjects of both of these lawsuits. He spent more than 30 years at J.P. Morgan. He became the CEO of their asset management and investment banking divisions. We can tell from his communications with Jeffrey Epstein and communications with other people at Chase, everybody was aware of what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. I mean, Jeff Staley was raping women at his home in New York, allegedly. So the discovery in these two lawsuits has revealed just how deep the relationship between Staley and Epstein went. And court documents have been revealed that show that the Jane Doe in this uh, this open case has accused Staley of raping her in Jeffrey Epstein's home. So. J.P. Morgan actually sued this former executive, Jess Staley, and tried to make him liable for the monetary losses they incurred or may yet incur. So that means they want that $290 million and they want all of their legal fees paid by Jess Staley and, of course, any other money that might come down the pike because banks don't have enough money at the end of the day. So as a result of that, Staley is going to get the opportunity to cross-examine this woman In his suit, and he hasn't even been named as a defendant yet, which is kind of interesting. So, lawyers are now going to be allowed to question Jane Doe uh, because she said that uh, Jess Daly raped her. So, in an order that was just made public yesterday, the judge in the case, U.S. District Judge Jed Rakoff, ruled that the deposition of this woman uh, would take place in person this month in the city where she now lives. We don't know where that is, but she had previously expressed uh, uh, some sort of fear of facing intrusive questioning and demands for evidence by Staley. Now, I this is going to be explosive, I have to be honest with you, because the lawyers for Jess Staley are going to do everything in their in their power to discredit this woman uh, and make her appear to be either mentally unhinged uh, or perhaps just lying about the whole thing in order to uh, get as much money as possible. So. She initially did not name Staley as a defendant in her suit, but she identified him as a key figure in the JP Morgan Chase relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. He was essentially the go between. He worked for Chase. He was friends with Epstein. He was the one who handled the transactions. So in her suit, she said that an unidentified, powerful financial executive assaulted her in Jeffrey Epstein's mansion. JP Morgan, in its suit against Staley, said they believe it was him. So damning in this April court filing, the Jane Doe in question confirmed that, yeah, it was Jess Staley. He was the executive who allegedly assaulted her, but she accused JP Morgan of trying to intimidate her by identifying him and bringing him into the case. I think that's a distinct possibility. Chase may have thought that if Jess Staley walked into the room and had the opportunity to question her directly, she might shrink like a violet and decide that she didn't want anything else to do with it. So in that other suit uh, in which Chase is defending themselves against the U.S. Virgin Islands, the allegations are also heavily focused once more on the relationship between Jess Staley and Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, now, of course, in the Virgin Islands, they have subpoena power. They have uncovered uh, deep connections between these two, the lengths that Staley and the bank would go to to support Jeffrey Epstein. I think it's, it's fair to say that if it wasn't for Chase Manhattan or J.P. Morgan Chase, Uh, facilitating Jeffrey Epstein's money transfers, uh, the payments that he was receiving, uh, all of his real estate transactions. If it wasn't for them running the books, Jeffrey Epstein never would have been as successful as he was. So, in that subpoena, they got 1,200 emails showing that the discussion uh, would revolve around certain disgusting things, talking about women as Disney princesses. Um, they had code names for these girls, Snow White, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, in another email, Jess Staley replied, yep, when Jeffrey Epstein asked whether he would need anything during a visit. I think the insinuation is that Jess Staley needed a girl. Uh, and then after that, Epstein wired $3,000 to a woman with an Eastern European name, probably someone a victim of trafficking, according to the suit. Now, Epstein in Europe uh, to pick up a gift of a pair of twin girls. I believe they were between the ages of 12 and 14. So after this encounter, Jess Staley writes to Jeffrey Epstein and says, that was fun. Say hi to Snow White. So the Eastern European woman that he had sexual intimacy with was Snow White. Uh, What character would you like next? Epstein allegedly responded. Beauty and the Beast, Staley shot back. So it sounds like these code names are uh, an insinuation for the look of the girl. Uh, obviously, Snow White, I would expect her to have very fair skin, probably very dark black hair. Uh, Beauty and the Beast—that would be a, a young woman with brown hair, like Belle. So the revelation by Jane Doe ended up being part of the ruling that was issued by Jed Rakoff, allowing the claims against Epstein's estate to move forward. So. We are continuing to get new information about this as it progresses, and I really hope that both Chase and Jess Staley get what's coming to them. And I'm I'm also hoping that other people are going to be drawn into this in the same way that uh, uh, good people in government need to come forward and uh, hold these people to account for the crimes they're committing. I think that victims need to come forward and uh, need to speak out about uh, the types of uh, inhuman behavior that they've been forced to experience. Oh, you guys, is my is Rumble not working? Hold on. Is the stream broken? It shows I'm still connected. Missy. (laughs) ...of America because they do great work fighting for the Second Amendment for American citizens. They were able to secure a temporary restraining order yesterday against Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. That name is such a mouthful. Uh, and, uh, And her ban on concealed carry. So they posted this on Twitter. GOA and Gun Foundation have received a temporary restraining order against New Mexico governor's tyrannical firearm carry ban. This is a win for all gun owners in New Mexico and sends a clear message to all anti-gun states. Shall not be infringed. Now. Breitbart has reported that GOA filed that lawsuit in U.S. District Court uh, just two days after the ban was announced. This is a great turnaround. Obviously, the judge that is presiding over this case uh, probably understands the importance of uh, continuing to safeguard the Constitution. Uh, at the time that they announced the lawsuit, Gun Owners of America said that they had filed this lawsuit challenging Governor Grisham's gross and egregious violation of the U.S. Constitution. Her claim that there are exceptions to the The Second Amendment is not only wrong, but it also blows open a huge hole in the Bill of Rights. GOA will not rest until the rights of New Mexicans are restored. And it's so vitally important that they fight for this in New Mexico because you better believe that Democrat governors across the nation, if Governor Grisham was successful, they would immediately try to implement something like this in whatever state they rule at the time now speaking of the Second Amendment uh, New Mexico Democrats are not the only ones who are looking to uh, to, to burn the Constitution and the Bill of Rights uh, we have a uh, an old favorite of the program Pocahontas uh, who also is upset about the Supreme Court and their recent decisions supporting the Second Amendment so she is calling for the extremist quote justices who are adhering to the Constitution to be removed they claim on the left that the Supreme Court is somehow extremist because they're not allowing a variety of government officials to simply overturn the Second Amendment, crumple up the Bill of Rights, throw it into the dustbin of history. They're trying to ban guns. They're trying to ban our right to carry guns. They're basically trying to do whatever they want. And I'll be the first to admit they have already taken too many of our rights away from us. I think that uh, there is a lot of work that needs to be done. We need to roll back many of these restrictions that they put into place, many of uh, the decisions by the ATF. I think the ATF should be disbanded wholeheartedly. So Senator Elizabeth Warren, she is most famous for claiming she was a Native American when she wasn't, uh, is one such Democrat who's not happy with the current Supreme Court. Now, her comments came as a result of an attempt by New Mexico Governor Michelle Grisham to cancel the state's gun laws and ban the carrying of weapons in Albuquerque and Bernadillo County. Now, I think pretty universally, uh, experts in constitutional law and theory uh, have uh, viewed this decision as unconstitutional. If you'll remember, uh, Ted Lieu and David Hogg both came out against it, which really says something. Um, But – some of the highest gun crime rates in the country are in locations where gun laws are the strictest. Take a look at Chicago. Chicago is essentially a war zone. Every weekend you have dozens of people shot and killed, and they simply don't allow you to own a gun in that city. Uh, in a place like Albuquerque uh, or in uh, uh, situations such as gun-free zones, uh, we've seen on a number of occasions where people take advantage of that fact. They know that a good man with a gun is Going to be there to stop them. And so they feel the impunity to do whatever they want. So Elizabeth Warren responded to this issue in this way. She said, I want to put it this way I think that our mayors and our governors have the hardest job in the world right now when it comes to gun violence. If you're a Democrat, you do. Keep in mind, for example, in the District of Columbia, run by Democrats, a few years back, D.C. said, we just want to basically ban carrying guns. And good for D.C. They said it was going to bring down gun violence. And they were right. No, they weren't. And then Congress and then an extremist United States Supreme Court said, nope, we're not going to let you do it. And then it's those same governors and those same mayors who are then held responsible for the rise in violence. Well, when you defund the police, when you stop enforcing the law or you selectively and feet apart, maybe you'll be willing to accept when they come and try to take our guns. That's the ultimate goal here. They want to remove the power of we, the people, to protect ourselves, our families and our homes and personal property. If they take our guns, then personal property will be there no longer. All right. AOC is in hot water. Uh, Because, you know, we have things uh, uh, called ethics. Uh, We have certain rules and uh, regulations that are meant to be followed. Uh, And AOC, as a public servant, should know that better than anyone else. But she's a Democrat, and so I don't know how much you can hold this against her. But what is she in trouble for? Well, she called her fiancé, her spouse, on forums that were asking what was the status of her relationship but she's not actually married. So now she's under scrutiny for describing Riley Roberts as her spouse in these forms that she filled out with the House Ethics Committee in 2023. The question is, did uh, AOC and Riley Roberts receive some sort of benefit uh, for her claiming he was he, he was her spouse? Uh, in these post-travel disclosure forms that were filed with the House Ethics Committee, she listed Roberts as her spouse. Why? Because she took a trip to Japan and South Korea back in February. It was funded by the Maureen and Mike Mansfield Foundation. And then in August, she took a trip to South America. This one was funded by George Soros's foundation to promote open society and the Center for Economic and Policy Research. Roberts allegedly paid for his own expenses. However, Ocasio-Cortez's spokesperson, Lauren Hitt, told the Washington Free Beacon that Cortez and Roberts were not legally married and that the House ethics has commonly recognized the term spouse to extend to long-term partners. I, I actually have never heard that before. I've I've only heard that it counts as a spouse uh, if you're actually married. But here's the thing. The, the committee actually has a strict definition of the term spouse, and it flies in the face of what AOC and her representative were trying to say. A spouse is defined as someone to whom you are legally married. There actually was a box available for other. She could have checked that uh, or she could have written in fiance according to the form. So there was no need for her to lie and say that he was her spouse. This also could point to the fact that, uh, once again, these people feel that they are simply above the law. They don't have to follow the same rules and regulations that we do. You know, this is uh, akin to lying about the number of deductions you have on your taxes. Uh, Ocasio-Cortez might do that if uh, she claims that she's married when she's not actually married. Uh, So if Riley Roberts was actually her spouse, it would require Ocasio-Cortez to file a financial disclosure information form for Roberts. So, now that this is uh, having drawn attention to it, Ocasio-Cortez has positioned herself as a champion of ethics in Congress. She's saying that willful misrepresentations on disclosure forms could subject her to criminal prosecution. So, I hope she gets criminally prosecuted. We're talking about civil penalties of up to $50,000 or up to five years in prison. If you'll remember, they went after James Trafficant, somebody I've talked about here on the show recently, uh, claiming, oh, Smokey, Smokey's down here claiming that he had violated ethics. They put him in prison for seven years. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this decision because I think Ocasio-Cortez going to prison would just be incredible. All right. So, um, real quick, let me go through the couple of thank yous that we have over here on the foxhole. Thank you very much to NX17. Thank you for that cookie. Do Da Man, thank you for the can. Green Beard, good to see you, homie. Good to see you, Greg. Uh, Dropped a can. Filter Dog One says, these people are sick. They certainly are. Filter Dog One says, pilled, working great. Nikaz 808, thank you for the shades, brother. Appreciate it. Lennox 09 says, thank you for all you do, Zach. I always get my news from you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being here, brother. Uh, Liberty Bells says, great stream as always. Uh, God bless you, Red Pill 78. God bless you as well. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right. Hey, hold on. There we go. There it is. All right, you guys. Um, Give me just a second. I've got to get something to drink. Uh, I'll be right back after this. You know, a lot of people don't understand that digestive issues are frequently caused by a toxin that's present in virtually all of the, quote, healthy foods scientists have been telling us to eat with their fraudulent food pyramid for the longest time. And according to Dr. Gundry, who is a world-renowned cardiologist and best-selling author, it's these toxins that cause the issues so many people face. Millions of people nationwide are living in agony every single day. And the warning signs include weight gain, fatigue, digestive discomfort, stiff and achy joints, and even skin problems. And you see, Dr. Gundry explains these side effects are often mistaken for the normal signs of aging because they usually develop over a matter of years. You see, this is progressive. In some cases, it even takes decades. And because we've been lied to, you probably have no idea that the damage to your digestive system is likely caused by these health foods, and it's far from normal. Now, the good news is you can fix this yourself from the comfort of your own home. It's really very simple. You just have to know which foods are actually healthy and which foods contain this hidden toxin. So you can find out for yourself by clicking the link in the description below. GutCleanseProtocol.com forward slash Zach. Once again, that's gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Z-A-K. Because after years of research, Dr. Gundry has decided to release an informative video to the public, totally free and uninterrupted, showcasing exactly which foods you need to avoid. So once again, click the link in the description below to visit gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach and find that free video. You're going to thank me for it because it's totally free. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Do me a favor, guys. Please check out that free video at gutcleanseprotocol.com forward slash Zach, Z-A-K, It's a totally free video to watch. Dr. Stephen Gundry is a sponsor of the program. He's got some really great information over there for you. A lot of people dealing with gut health issues, and you don't even know it. Uh, For years, uh, I lived just thinking that it was, uh, I don't want to get too specific, but let's just say uh, it was not always that comfortable. Uh, So I think that uh, Dr. Stephen Gundry has uh, some excellent information that he's willing to give away for free. So if you go and check out that video, you will let him know that you saw it here on my program and that he should continue to be a sponsor of the program. It would sincerely help out the channel. I know that most people are not in a position to donate or support financially. And if it wasn't for the sponsors, I simply would not be able to do this in the way that I do. Now, it looks like there was some problem with Rumble because I had like 3,000 people here. And then all of a sudden, I saw it drop down to like 800. So, If you're here, I'm glad, and I hope that uh, you have heard everything that I've said, Uh, but I've been watching the feed myself, and it never stopped, so, um, you know, I guess if you miss something, you can go back and check it out. All right, but, yeah, what are you guys seeing? That was a hack. We all went down, back in, testing, are we back? Yep. Was watching on Getter as well, system-wide crash. That is so odd. Yeah, I see a ton of people actually over here on um, on, on Getter talking uh, because, yeah, it looks like it uh, went to Pilden. It was working. Yeah, so the problem was Rumble. How strange. How strange. All right, Zach. Uh, you haven't been here, Maggie. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's so weird. I don't know why it works for me and it doesn't work for everybody else. I don't know. Anyways. Um, Getting back to the idea of massive red pills being shoved down the throats of Americans. Uh, I've said this on so many occasions. I love RFK because he's doing for the left what we could never do for them. The people who are watching RFK have the nomination stolen from him and have Joe Biden shoved down their throats are the people who would never listen to us when we spoke about the corrupt nature of the federal government or the rigged system that we have with the Uniparty in Washington, D.C. So RFK Jr. is not sitting back and, and just accepting what they're doing to him. It's quite clear that they don't want him in the race because... Because if he's in the race, then the people have another choice besides Joe Biden. Doesn't mean he's a better choice than Donald Trump. I don't think he is, but I think that he represents something intangible that we just can't bring to the table. And I appreciate his presence in this race. I also have always been a, a, a researcher in the field of the assassinations of the Kennedys. This has been something that has fascinated me my entire life. And I think that the CIA deserves to have their guts exposed so that we can show the world that this nation was essentially taken over in the mid-1960s in a bloody coup when they killed JFK and then they killed RFK a couple of years later. So, RFK, as Democratic presidential candidate, is pushing an open letter to the DNC urging them to conduct a fair election in 2024. It's cute that he's asking. Of course, it's never going to happen. Take a look at what they did to Bernie Sanders in 2016. So he claims that the Democrat Party have gone off track. RFK Jr., let me tell you something. They have been off track for a very long time. What we have instead of public servants are rulers who have felt the temptation to maintain social control by denying the people their sovereignty and their voice. This is exactly what we've been saying. Unfortunately, in recent years, our party leaders have succumbed to the siren of control. Yes, they have. He continues uh, pointing towards potential new rules that are obviously being put in place to stop RFK Jr. from becoming the nominee. Uh, Also, it stops any other 2024 possible challengers to Joe Biden uh, from being a legitimate challenger to Joe Biden. They want to ensure that uh, Biden is the nominee and that the people have no other choice so that when they attempt to steal the election for him, uh, they can have once more plausible deniability, even though it's not very believable. At all. So he went on to say that the DNC has hijacked the party and allowed for widespread censorship of political opponents from within the party and Republican candidates. That is so true. Once again, this is what we've been saying for years. It goes on to paint a haunting picture of the America that future generations will inherit should the DNC disallow RFK Jr. and others to primary fairly against Biden. When children are taught about this time in future civics and history lessons, they will learn of Biden and the DNC's legacy to completely ignore the will of the people as they seek to maintain a power they may not deserve. They do not deserve it. At all. Biden's victory, in quotes, in 2020, that was a controlled psychological operation. It was fake from the ground up. They knew that they couldn't beat Donald Trump, and so they injected fake ballots into the system, and it was uh, exactly the same thing with the pandemic. That was fake. That was orchestrated from the ground up. Yeah, terrible things happened. We certainly had economic impacts. We had people get sick for all kinds of reasons, and we had a medical community that failed to live up to its oath in the same way our leaders are failing to live up to their oath. Once again, they hold us in contempt. They look at us as a problem to overcome. They believe the Constitution doesn't apply to them, and it certainly doesn't apply to us. They see themselves as uh, unelected rulers who deserve to maintain hegemony over us for all eternity. Thank you, Boozer20, for also joining as a member. Man, I've got three people joining as a member on one day. That is awesome, you guys. I really appreciate it. So... Just once more, I, I love that RFK is doing this. He's pushing the envelope. He's forcing the left to consider the fact that we have a totally corrupt system. They've watched as they have persecuted Donald Trump for years. Now they're persecuting and uh, and, and thwarting the efforts of good people who simply want to serve their country in the capacity that we have been given. Now, unfortunately, a federal appeals court has denied President Trump's request to stay the. Jean Carroll defamation case. However, they have granted him an expedited appeal. This is coming out of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. They've granted him an expedited appeal on whether or not he can assert absolute presidential immunity. He should, and he does. Last week, Judge Lewis Kaplan, who is unfortunately a Clinton appointee, had ruled that President Trump is liable for defamatory statements he made about E. Jean Carroll after she accused him of rape. It's so ridiculous to imagine that defamation amounts to saying that you wouldn't want to sleep with someone. You know, there's all kinds of people out there that I wouldn't want to sleep with, and uh, I would have no problem saying it, but I would never imagine that I could be found liable for defamation. Is your ego that fragile E. Jean Carroll? Does she need to believe that every man in America secretly wants to sleep with her to ravage her in a Bergdorf Goodman's, uh, what do they call it, changing room? Anyways... Uh, the entire case against President Trump uh, is fake. It's just as fake as the 2020 election. It's just as fake as the pandemic. Eugene uh, Carroll is a whack job. Uh, I believe her to be a whack job because she has completely made up this story from whole cloth. If you'll remember, she also had Facebook posts where she talked about wanting to be sexual with President Trump, uh, and uh, all she's in it for is uh, a payoff. I'm sure she got paid off by the people who supported her. They paid for her legal fees. Reed Hoffman, if I'm not mistaken, uh, she's been awarded a five million dollar judgment, and of course. Uh, Uh, There is the adulation of the left, the people who simply can't accept the fact that Donald Trump is the real deal. President Trump said, what kind of a woman meets somebody and brings them up? And within minutes, you're playing hanky panky in a dressing room. He also said the accusation was a fake made up story. Uh, and it was now she's now seeking $10 million in damages in this separate case because President Trump called her, uh, you know, had had choice words for her after she won the first one. Uh, so, again, another one that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And uh, real quick, oh, jhub316, we got another one joining as a member. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it. We're up to 1,800 people back on the stream. I hope that everything continues to work well for you over there on Rumble. And uh, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate the support. It means a lot. All right. So one of the strangest aspects of Fannie Willis's case against President Trump and his, uh, uh, what, I think, 18 defendants is that she wanted to try them on the same RICO and conspiracy charges in the same trial. That would have been a circus, uh, and there would be no way for any of those people to get the justice that they deserve. So... Fannie Willis wanted to try all 19 of these people at the same time. Now, that would deny Trump's constitutional right to a fair trial. I think it would deny everyone's right to a fair trial. And I don't think that they have the resources to put all of these 19 people on trial at the exact same time. First of all, the courtroom is just not that big. Uh, second of all, there isn't enough time in the day to present all of the evidence to make an effective case. And there wouldn't be time to make to mount an effective defense either. So... Uh, Putting this together in a single trial, uh, it could potentially make it easier on Fannie Willis, yes. Uh, but that would deny all of the defendants their right to get a fair trial. So, uh, citing four cases that have nothing to do with President Trump's RICO case, Fannie Willis threatened all of the defendants uh, after Chesborough and Powell requested speedy trials. Powell, of course, Sidney Powell, uh, and then Kenneth Chesborough. By filing a statutory speedy trial demand, the Defendants elected to proceed to trial without the benefit of the type of prior notice of the state's discovery and similar transaction evidence that would have otherwise been afforded to them. So she's saying that by forcing a speedy trial, which is their right, uh, they're not going to get to see all of the supposed evidence that the state has. Well, here's the thing. There is no evidence of any crimes because none were committed. So it doesn't matter. Let's just get to it. Get it over with. So the Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee on Thursday ruled that President Trump and 16 of the defendants would be tried separately from those two Ken Chesborough and Sidney Powell, because they requested the Speedy Trials and formally asked the judge to separate their cases. So they're going to be going on trial on October 3rd. Uh, Ken Chesborough and Sidney Powell are actually going to be tried together. And Judge McAfee said he is severing the cases to safeguard each defendant's due process rights. That is a really good decision. So. Uh, he wrote, the precarious ability of the court to safeguard each defendant's due process rights and ensure adequate pretrial preparation on the current accelerated track weighs heavily, if not decisively, in favor of severance. So he signaled that he is in favor of separating all of the other defendants' cases as well. Looks like that's going to go ahead and happen. Uh, don't know what I think about this judge. Uh, from what I understand, uh, he's certainly not an ally of President Trump. Uh, and uh, he could surprise us all, as oftentimes judges do. Um, and so what are the the uh, charges against them? So Chesborough is charged with one RICO count, uh, conspiracy to commit impersonating a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery, conspiracy to commit false statements and writings, conspiracy to commit filing false documents, Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree and conspiracy to commit false statements and writings. Now, of course, all of this, uh, I believe, has to do with their uh, their attempts to have the uh, election of 2020 unraveled uh, to determine exactly what happened. Uh, and uh, th- there's nothing false uh, about any of this. They, they were never going to be, you know, forging documents or anything like that. So this case, I believe, uh, for all of the defendants is going to be fairly easy to present gonna be fairly easy to defend and, uh, fairly easy to just destroy. Uh, now, the one thing that I think might make it difficult for the other 18, uh, is if these two are gonna be tried first, uh, then the state might Get creative with the way that they present their cases, because if uh, a particular tactic works for them and they're able to get off as they should, uh, then the state might try to use that against the other defendants. But, you know, there's really no good way to go about this. And uh, all I can say is uh, I don't believe that anybody will be found guilty because it's all garbage. No one in these cases has committed any crimes. All right. So, uh, we've been talking recently about the uptick in discussion about COVID 2023. And here we are. We've had mask mandates reinstated. Uh, we've had testing mandates reinstated. We are now having mandatory COVID vaccinations reinstated in at least one healthcare system. Uh, if the people who work here choose not to get the new COVID vaccines, then apparently they're going to be placed on unpaid leave and they may lose their jobs. Well, I would suggest that everyone who is faced with this decision make a stand, choose to not comply because there's no way that they can afford to fire everyone, and uh largely. The men and women in the healthcare industry, they've already taken one, two, maybe three shots. Uh, There is a completely new clot shot that they're trying to push on people now. Governor uh, Kathy Hochul of New York, she gave a press conference yesterday and said, guess what? If you were vaccinated, you're no longer vaccinated. You're going to have to get this brand new clot shot and you're going to have to submit. Uh, I think that this is going to be a spectacular failure for the control grid. They're not going to be able to get people uh, to submit in the same way they did before. So please, if you're out there listening to me and you're going to be subject to a brand new mandate, refuse to comply. Do not comply because if you and your coworkers stand together, they cannot fire all of you. And as we're seeing, uh, there were people who were fired under the last pandemic uh, because they refused to take the vaccine and these healthcare systems are now forced to reinstate them with back pay. So I think that God works it out in the end, and uh, all you got to do is have a little bit of bravery. All right, I think finally, guys, I, I wanted to uh, clue in on this uh, re- recent interview that President Trump did with Megyn Kelly. Uh, now, it was a bit contentious. Uh, as you might remember, The I think the last time that President Trump and Megyn Kelly had something to say about each other, that's when he said that she was like bleeding from her eyes or something like that. But anyways, she had him on her show. I think it was a good idea for him to do. And I also found it interesting that we just had President Trump kind of confronted um, by the who was it? Uh, the woman who was running for uh, governor of Michigan. Uh, She asked him about mandates and uh, the truth about vaccines. Uh, Now there's a a bit of an exchange between Megyn Kelly and President Trump about the same thing. Uh, She specifically confronted him about his, quote, relationship with Dr. Fauci. Let's take a listen. She said, for years, you've been saying that the reason you didn't fire Anthony Fauci was because he'd been there a long time, that you would have taken heat and that it would have created a firestorm. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus uh, and that Fauci was present at every press briefing and even received a presidential commendation. So how did President Trump respond? Well, he downplayed Fauci's role in the administration. He told Megyn Kelly that he did not give Fauci a presidential commendation. Trump said someone in his administration probably gave it to him. And Trump added that he overrode many of the things that Fauci recommended and allowed governors to make their own decisions. He said, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave it to him. Somebody probably handed it to him. Let me just be let me just tell you about Fauci. Fauci was very important in the Biden administration. If you know, he didn't want to stop China. He wanted to let everyone come in from China. I stopped it. I overrode it. I overrode many of the things he did. He was much less important to me. Now, with all that being said, he's been there for years. He was respected. He lost a lot of respect because of COVID, but he was respected. And on COVID, if you know what I did, I let the governors run their states, and many of the governors opened up their states, and some of them didn't. A lot of the states were not closed. I allowed the governors to do that. I also allowed Democrat governors to do that, but I don't think any of them, I don't think any of them, none of them did it. So here's the important thing about President Trump's behavior during the pandemic. By allowing Anthony Fauci to gain the uh, kind of cult of personality that he did – Uh, He pinned many of the bad decisions from the pandemic on Anthony Fauci's shoulders. Anthony Fauci was exposed for his role in the uh, prevalence of HIV in the early 1980s, uh, experiments on black orphans in New York, uh, experiments uh, with AZT on the AIDS population. Uh, Many people learned the truth about Anthony Fauci, whereas before, they had no idea he even existed. I think that was a a powerful move. Uh, Also, Anthony Fauci was the face of Uh, COVID restrictions and COVID mandates. All of that happened under the Biden regime. Uh, Anthony Fauci's connection to gain-of-function research n- never would have been revealed if it wasn't for President Trump allowing him to stay in the administration. Uh, if Anthony Fauci would have been fired, if he would have left, uh, then potentially the buck would have been passed on to somebody else. So, uh, And then uh, to President Trump's point uh, of allowing governors to make their own decisions, run their states as they saw fit. That showed the American people who was going to be willing to support our civil liberties and who wasn't. The Real JJ14 says it's easy to grill Trump about the vaccines in hindsight, especially when she fell for the bullshit herself and got the jabs. I absolutely agree with you. And this is one of those things that I think a lot of people are just they miss the boat on, you know, when, when they want to blame President Trump for the vaccines. OK, you know, they never mention that Operation Warp Speed was a proponent of a variety of different therapeutics, biologics. President Trump opened it up for research. It was the medical establishment, the pharmaceutical industrial complex that honed in on the vaccine as the only Thing that could work. Dr. Anthony Fauci had a financial interest in these vaccines. Okay. That wouldn't have come out if it would have been him just getting fired by President Trump. There are so many people to blame, but people look at Trump and they either want him to be a savior or a villain. They want to blame someone, and there are people like Megyn Kelly who fell for the garbage and took the clot shots, and they just simply can't reconcile that that uh, that fact within themselves. They can't take responsibility for it. They have to feel like they're a victim, uh, and I think it's the wrong way to go. President Trump may not have been perfect, but he did more to set America on the right path than anyone else in modern times. And so the people who want to attack him on any of these things, unfortunately, either they're they're being disingenuous or they're caught up in a psyop. All right, guys, that's going to be it. Yeah, yes, I am. Thank you, Ainsley. I'm glad I'm in Trump's corner, too. I, I love President Trump. Uh you know I, I I don't think President Trump's perfect, nobody is uh but he is the only modern day politician who has done anything for we the people. Nobody else has done what he's done, and uh, it's an organized effort to destroy him in the minds of Americans. Why? Because he's so dangerous. He's so dangerous to the deep state. He is going to destroy the deep state with the help of we the people. Absolutely. Let me do a couple of my final thank yous over here on PILD.net. Oh, I saw somebody ask if that's a Bible on my desk. No, this is a uh, this is a cup holder right here. Uh, I have a Bible, but it's on my bookshelf back there. Kisco, good to see you. She says, if you could not see 45 coming off Marine One alive, couldn't realize it was a survival. If you could not see 45 coming off Marine One alive, couldn't realize it was a survival exhibit. I don't know what that means, Kisco. I don't know what you mean, but um maybe tell me tell me something else uh, uh about that okay yes tattoo teacher i'm with trump to the end 100 percent. lennox thank you again liberty bells thank you again just josie thank you for the cookie true grit says just because it's thursday appreciate you homie dragon energy 45 says trying to figure out how to use this again did it work it did it definitely did filter dog one says hello to the new number To hello to all the new number refugees. Oh, Rumbler refugees. Okay, Leanne 63. Thanks for the can. Red Pill can. Good to see a homie dropping a cookie. Just Josie dropping a cookie and then Trump Red Pill dropped a cookie. And I think that means I got to three K. Thank you very much for that. Let me see. I'm trying to see if we got another comment from Kitsko. No. Okay. before Vax, he survived. Yes, yes, he did. He took hydroxychloroquine. Uh, he told people about hydroxychloroquine. The mainstream media are the ones who attacked him for it. And if people out there didn't listen to what he said or do their own research and they instead decided to get caught up in the up, you know, that's on them. And I know people who did it for all kinds of reasons, you know. I mean, you can't necessarily blame somebody because it was just a very difficult time. People make mistakes. You know, and everybody's human. We should all be allowed that grace. Every single one of us has made mistakes in our life, and all we can do is pick up the pieces and move forward and try to be the best person that we can be. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, If you haven't yet, check out the episode from yesterday. I feel like it was a really good one. This whole week, I feel like I've been on fire. So please check them out. Do me a favor. Share them on your social medias. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, Let me see. You know what? I think actually – did I miss something over here on Ko-Fi? Yesterday, yes, I do have a notification. Light Ray. Light Ray said, I'm going to pull the whole thing down. I'm going to bring the whole mother effing diseased corrupt temple down on your head. It's going to be biblical. Oh, I love it. That's a great movie. Uh, you guys got to see it if you haven't. Okay, Penny, and yeah, the whole site crashed. Okay. Well, uh, if you missed that portion of the show, go back and see it. Missy, uh, so great seeing you, Agart. Nice TacRite display. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was great meeting you as well. And yes, uh, the TacRite display, uh, The uh, I'll, I'll do the, uh, the Price is Right uh, uh, play-up for you guys here uh, the next time that uh, we advertise Tackrite on Badlands. So... Uh what, it's it's Thursday. So I'll be back tomorrow, nine PM Eastern with uh my guests. I don't know who it's gonna be, I gotta look it up. But hopefully I'll see you guys there. Good luck, God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: back.